the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast and I'm very pleased that I finally got him on the podcast. Um, Mr. Kevin Smith, how are you? I'm good, mate. Good to see you again, as always. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, I know, I know I've, I've been talking about the podcast for a while with you and, and trying to get you on there, and I'm, I'm very pleased to have done that. I mean, obviously, you've been a Palace fan for... Give me a bit of background on you, how, how long you've been a Palace fan, what, what, when did you first go to the game, and probably your... I, I, I know what your highlight's going to be, but I want to hear it anyway. <laughs> right, well, my first game, Lukey, believe it or not, was 1976, back with my mum, when Palace were in the old third division with Terry Venables, just after the, uh, the Malcolm Allison era, so it was good times. Uh, I caught the train from where I lived down in Kent to Penge East, or Ponge as we like to call it, as I understand, uh, and uh, my mum took me to the game. We beat Rotherham 2-1, uh, and uh, it, was, it was a year that Palace came up, and then I started going regularly the following year, 1977, when I was approaching my eighth birthday. Got Vince Hilaire's autograph, and uh, I never looked back from there, really, and uh, that's when I started to go, and obviously started to get the real bug and the love for the Palace Brighton games. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, well, can I just push you for your, your favourite ever Palace game that you've attended? Because I, I, I want to hear it. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the, uh, the big one, isn't it? The, uh... Well, the Burnley game was amazing. Uh, I mean, I've seen so many great games at Sellhurst. Obviously, I was there in June 89, 3rd of June, when we beat Blackburn 3-0, when Wrighty got the two, and, that was, and Dave Madden got the penalty and looked like a psychopath when he ran to the enclosure, which was fantastic. Um, I was behind the goal that day. Um, I think the best one, obviously the one that stands out for me is 1979, May. I was, well, old, old school year three, so my mum and dad got me out of school early um, so that I was allowed to go because it was a Friday night and we got up to Sellers Park bang early. Uh, we were there about two hours before kickoff, and there was still about, they reckon, 25,000 in the ground then. They got me on a bar because anyone who knows me knows I'm not the tallest, so they got me sat on one of the old bars in the enclosure and... Uh, you know, 51,482 or 802, depending on which Panini sticker book you look at. But the fact of the matter is, we won 2 0. We went up as champions, and uh, our dear friends uh, down on the south coast flew to America a bit sad, especially Mr. Mullery. So, good game, great time, so many great ones. Seen some great games for Palace at Wembley. As you know, I've been there when. Uh, dear old Claridge shinned one in in 96 to beat us in the playoffs but I was also there the following year when g- good old Oppo smashed one in, bent it round and uh, we went up so I've, I've experienced the highs and the lows, more highs than lows uh, and uh, yeah I was also one of those old boys who was crying when Punchin scored in the cup final thinking we were finally going to win something other major than the Zenith data um, but yeah it, it's, it's a roller coaster and it's a roller coaster I'd never change ever. You weren't the only one crying, mate. Uh, Jason Punchin gave me the best three minutes of my life, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. So, bringing it up to present day, let's, let's talk about last night's game, which obviously Chris Palace won, Brighton won. Um, a game that really, I guess, Palace can feel quite lucky to have got something out of in the end, because it, it really wasn't the best performance, was it? And, and Brighton, let's be honest, were probably the better team. I've got to agree, mate. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, I was working up in Manchester yesterday, so I didn't get back home until literally 10 minutes into the game. Um, to watch it on Sky, I, I have to say I was impressed with Brighton. I'd seen uh, Potter's 
stats last week on Sky Sports and it, it looked as though he's really turned them round and, and I, I thought they played some great football I don't mind admitting I, I know Palace fans relate me for saying it but I thought I thought they played some fantastic stuff and I must admit at 65 minutes I thought if we can get a point I will be it will feel like Christmas has come early I have to say Wilf strike was phenomenal but then we looked we looked as though we were going to go on and fair play to him I think respect to their manager that he then put two big lumps on to protect what they had because you know, I thought we were. I thought we did well. I mean, I must admit, I think I texted you a few times because obviously I weren't too sure that when I saw the young man Ryderville starting, I was. I knew we must have been in trouble, and that's no disrespect to him. So, I thought we battled really well to get a point, especially uh, Roy's hundredth game. It would have been horrible to have lost to Brighton on that. So, I think it, it really felt to me like a point gained. Uh, and you know, I think we've got to look at where we are points-wise and what we've done. We're unbeaten in four, conceded one goal. And they're, they're a good side, Brighton. I, I thought they were a good side. And um, I thought the, the lad took, Mopay took his goal brilliantly. Um, and we, let's be honest, we were really lucky that the keeper, Guaita, when he dropped that ball and he... Yeah, oh my goodness. Because I think, I genuinely think, even the Harden Palace fan at 2-0 down, I think we would have struggled. But Wilf's finish, phenomenal. So, I don't know how you felt, mate, but I was, I was relieved and... When I woke up this morning, I thought, thank goodness we haven't lost to Brighton. And I was happy. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think definitely it felt like we got out of jail. Very good. Um, I, I think that, yeah, Brighton were very um, insistent on trying to stretch the play. I think they, they knew that we were going to set up with Roy's two banks, which, which, were, which were very compact and very... And they tried to stretch it, you know, switch it from wing to wing and, and, try, and try to get the uh, get on the ball. And they, they, they produced a high press. And so did Palace, to be fair. But the difference was that when Brighton produced a high press and got on the ball they managed to work it around us and, 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 and actually work into our our half where we seem to be camped especially in the first half our own half um, I thought we were lucky to go in nil-nil half time um, albeit you know I know Moy had a chance but apart from that I think we limited their opportunities I, I think they were, had a lot of possession without actually doing much with it um, but you know the second half came in and it was a change in really well went off injured and, and Jimmy Mack who's ever reliable her steps in at left back and does brilliantly um, I think you know uh, their goal was coming you could, you could, you could see that coming um, but yeah I mean we, uh, Roy's got this sort of tactical now hasn't he where we, we tend to come alive you know we tend to sort of it's sort of stay in the game and then come alive the last sort of 15-10 minutes and give it a right go you know just try, try and get them when they're, when they're, when they're depleted and Wilf obviously scored at the perfect time, um, and yeah, we finished the team. We finished probably the, the, the team in the ascendancy, and the, t- the team on top, I should say. But on the balance of play, you know, 95 minutes of football, um, yeah, very lucky to, uh, to to get a point with that one. But um, but yeah, what, what, what do you make of sort of? I mean, because I guess you have to look at Brighton's team, and they spent a lot of money in the summer versus a Crystal Palace team, which which didn't, you know. Um, so, uh, given that and, and our position in the league, you know, Palace fans, whilst, you know, people will be doing a lot of sort of thinking, oh, you know, Roy's not, maybe not the man for the job. I've, I've seen a few people say that on internet forums today. I know it's probably quite emotional because it's bright and things like that. People, people get carried away. But it has to be sort of applauded the job that he's done with the limitations, surely, sort of uh, financially. Yeah, I, I, I agree, really. I think you've got to look at it and, and, and I think... We, we often hear the term, be careful what you wish for, you know, and uh, I, I watched the Sky Sports analysis of the game afterwards, 
you know, Wilf's goal was great and, you know, even the defender didn't do too much wrong to push him onto his left side and he smashed it in. But what they were talking about when they were, you know, is, yeah, money that's been spent, but the way they play tactically and that and, 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 what, and when you're trying to change a side and what you're looking at do, I think what Roy's done very well is, as you say, he's got us in a very strong position. We are hard to break down, you know. Yes, I, I worry a little bit if Wilf does go you know and, and I think you know that it's not rocket science to assume that that could be a problem he needs to bring in players to strengthen but I think you know we just have to be you know you <laughs> you and I played in a game at Settlers Park a long time ago I think it's a good time to touch on that maybe we'll, we'll come on to that but you got to remember we were just about to you know n- never have a, a team again in 2010 just after that 2-2 Sheffield Wednesday you know and we all sat there as loyal Palace fans almost in tears thinking this could be the end of our club alright so I think we have to be grateful of where we are we're ninth. we're above Arsenal as I believe you know we've hardly spent a penny Roy's got 100 games under his belt you know he's a Croydon man he knows what it means to the Palace fans yeah we're not as attractive as I think we've been sometimes but do you know what give me mid-table mediocrity with a chance of Europa League pushing on and a decent cup run and do you know what I'm happy I think a lot of people forget what happened at Charlton not that long ago you know when Kirbishley was getting them performing pretty well with got them into Europe you know got them got them, got them ninth, 10th every year and it weren't good enough for the Charlton fans what did they want they wanted more and then no disrespect to them it all went pear-shaped yeah you know well you know, Agent Dowie was put in by Palace as you well know but we won't go there um, but There's been a few Palace agents that chart, hasn't there? Well, yeah, Danny yeah. Butterfield and Danny Johnny Williams. Yeah, well, they, 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 there well. are a few good ones, but you know. But ultimately, you know, in, in answer to your question, I think I think Roy's done a very good job. I think you know. I think Palace fans are Palace fans. You know, we we we're passionate. We care. Everyone loves to come to Palace. Everyone wants to play Palace because the atmosphere. I must admit, I thought it was a little bit quiet last night, and and that's I, I, that might be my crappy telly. Um, where I couldn't pick up the atmosphere. I think that was reflect- reflective of the performance. And I, and I think that's respect to Brighton. They played well. But again, as you said earlier, I think the minute we got that goal, it, it, it all looked one-way traffic to me. And, you know, Jordan I, who nearly scored uh, a great goal when he linked up with Ben Teke. And if he'd just kept that down, it would have been a beautiful goal. And, you know what, we look, we look good. So I think, you know... All Christmas, you know, all Palace fans, I'm sure, at Christmas would want some money spent. Wilf to say, don't want to go to Chelsea or wherever. Um, and, you know, us pushing for that, you know, I, would, I, I don't care what anyone else says. I'd love a Europa position, you know. The closest I've got to Europe is the Isle of Shetby down in Kent, and that ain't great, you know. So if we could get a Palace trip to Europe, I think that would be fantastic. And I, I think, you know, it would be testimony to our loyal support, what we, des- you know, what we need, because... You know, when we lost that FA Cup, I don't mind telling you, it took me mostly three months to recover because I felt we were so close and it, it really took it out of me, as it did, I think, a lot of Palace fans. So I just want to see him win something before I croak it, mate. And I know I'm look incredibly good at 50. It's Time's kicking on. I need us to win a trophy. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And it does always feel a bit like a turning point for Palace now, I think, doesn't it? Like There's an opportunity here now where... You're either going to invest or not. Uh, I think Roy alluded to that to, he, he, in his press conference last night. He was saying, you know, that he it's down to him and Steve Parrish and Doug Freeman now to 
to uh, encourage the American investors to, to sort of invest in a club that I think has been well documented they want to sell. So it's not going to be hard to sort of, well, it's going to be quite hard to persuade them to sort of invest them because you feel get the feeling that a bit like in the summer, you know, we, we sold Aaron Rambasaka for £45 million, you know. Michi Batshuayi was probably about £40 million worth of player as well. We went back and we didn't replace. Um, and there was an opportunity there to sort of invest back in the club, which we didn't do. So really we've made kind of life hard for ourselves now because the general window is obviously always harder and you know prices are inflated aren't they um so it feels that you know if we're ever going to invest and in, look to push on to make that next step as it were or even to push up towards the you know the lower middle half sort of thing now's the time to do it isn't it yeah i, I agree mate i think so i mean I think you know most managers seem to say that January is a tricky time because the best clubs don't want to sell at that time. And you know, again, if you look at our own Wilf, why would we let him go in January when we need him? You know, I'd, I'd love to think you know Wilf could stay with us possibly to the summer. I know we say it every year, but it'd be wonderful best if he stayed. Scenario, best case scenario, if we could get you know top six, top seven, or at least pushing for that, I think that'd be great. You know, as has been said on numerous occasions. Palace is a very attractive club. It's in London. You know, we're one of the better teams in London at the moment, you know, without being disrespectful. Uh, and not to mention the pride of South London. Not, well, pride, mate. We are not only the mother's pride, we are the real pride, right, <laughs> of South London. Um, but no, absolutely. So I, I think it would be a good time to invest, whether people will now. But, you know, you keep the prize asset of Wilf, then, you know, that might be more attractive for, for people to want to invest in it. I think, obviously, I know we're not built on one player, and let's be honest, everyone's more than done their bit this season. Um, he, he is the jewel in the crown, and, and obviously, I think it's imperative if we can and if he's happy that he stays till the summer. I, I, I'd love to see him stay beyond them, but I don't think he will personally. Uh, and do you know what? He's 27. I would want him to express himself the way he can, uh, but in a team that's going to value him the way we value him. That's important to me. Yeah, I, I think probably if, if, you, if, if you look at it, January's probably our best chance to get the biggest money for Wilf because, as we say, prices are inflated and, and you know silly money gets touted around. And I know a lot of people have sort of scoffed at £80 million for Wilf Zahar, but that's because that's how much Crystal Palace value meant that. It doesn't really matter what people are prepared to pay. If Crystal Palace value meant that, he won't go for less than that because he's tied down to a contract. And he's already proved that when after having a transfer request, he can still put in good performance. All right, it took him about a couple of months to get going this season, didn't it? But he still did it. But it'll be interesting because I think we really need to sort of invest quite a lot in the squad in my view I think that you know obviously we need cover right, right back because we've got Joel Ward and no one else and obviously Joel Ward's out for a long term injury left back Roy was talking last night you couldn't write a script could you that Patrick Van Arnholt gets injured our cover um, Jeffrey Shop gets injured and then Jara Riederwald who's our covers cover then gets injured you know it's, and, and, and you're facing the fact that you're putting a, a central midfielder a, a, very, a very good central midfielder in uh, James MacArthur very versatile midfielder play a left back rather than someone like I don't know next in line is Tarek Mitchell who's, who's, who was made the bench last night the kid who, who may well get a chance in Newcastle on Saturday who knows so for me you need you need a right back and a left back and ideally two wingers as well, two wingers as well because if you Wilf and Andros you know if they're both out who, who have you got to step into their shoes and then you know a striker ideally because 
Ben, take... going to stop at any point, or are you just going to say, we need everyone everywhere? I'm going to kick... Oh, I've been sending midfield. Send to defence, we're good. But, I mean, an attacker's interesting, isn't it? Because Jordan Ayew's very, very workman-like and he, he's sort of chased down a lot of balls Benteke you know especially in the last 20 minutes last night showed flashes of what he, what he can do but there were rumours about Benteke wanting to go and this and the other so I, I don't know I think you probably have to move a striker on before you've ever brought another one in so January will certainly be an interesting time for, for, for Palace and obviously Christmas is uh, you know we've got a lot of football to play before we even get to that point haven't we absolutely well I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it was my eyesight last night but as well I think Connor Wickham's on the bench as well so again you know I always maintain that when he's fit and I appreciate it's when he's fit um, you know he can he can he, he frightens defenders because of his size and his presence you know you and I were both there at the cup semi-final when he scored the semi-final winner against Watford and let's be honest if it weren't for a crap ref he would have scored the winning goal in the FA Cup in 2016 when uh, when the goal was disallowed when he scored yeah you know but we still scored a goal you know so you know I, I, I never quite know how fit he is I mean I personally have always liked Ben Teke uh, you know whether it was a cross or a shot last night. If it had gone in, it would have been great. I'd say it was a shot, mate. I think it was a shot. Yeah, I think I think we should class it as a shot. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Um, because that's what Palace fans do, right? Um, so, yeah, I I, I think we do need to strengthen. Um, I think the the guys we've had who have been doing the job they've been doing all season have done brilliant, really. To get the number of points we've already got, I think is is rare for us, uh, and it's nice, but. I'm under no illusion that we need to just consolidate, get the points in the bag as Roy would want and then see where we go. But yeah, we do need to bring someone in. I think the, the challenge you've got is, as you've already alluded to a little while ago, is do people want to come and play for Palace? Uh, which is a crazy question because you and I would pay for... We, we would pay them. We'd pay them. To, well, we have, mate, but that's a whole different story. Um, but that's, a, yeah, that's for another podcast one day. Uh, but, but, yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to bring them in. I think it's a very attractive proposition. I mean, what's not to like? You've got phenomenal fan base who are loyal, who get behind players. And we've all seen players over the years, you and I have watched, who haven't been the best technically. But if they've given their all for the shirt, the Palace fans love them forever. And I think that's part of the reason why I love being a Palace fan, because that's the way we are. It's the way you're brought up. You either are like that about players or not. And you and I know enough Anorak Palace fans. John Collison, if you're out there, you're going to do one of these one day. Um, he knows far more than we'll ever know about Anorak. Is he listening? I hope so. I hope so. Um, it's a big plug for you, JC. Um, you know, we all know players who have given their all for the shirt, and, and that's all we've ever wanted. Um, and that's all I want as a Palace fan, and that's all we want. Uh, you know, I feel I love our stadium. I love what they, we still do of it. I love the fact that the ultras and that are behind the goal and everything now. And I just think every, I think there's nothing better than when you go to other clubs, particularly in the north, and they say we like coming to Palace because the atmosphere is good. And you know, but we're also we're also respectful. I think a lot of people forget that Palace fans, you know, it was us who were singing, there's only one Stevie Gerrard, right, on his last game when Palace beat him. You didn't know that. Yeah, but all the Palace fans, trust me, who were there when he did his lap of honour, were singing there's only one Stevie Gerrard. And I think, you know, what that says a lot about what Palace are about. They rep, they, we, we acknowledge good, fair football. And that's why I think we can say here, you know, do you know what, Brighton played very well last night and fair play to them. 
when they took part, he's done a good job. Yeah, no, I, I think so. And I mean, one of the things I can allude to that you mentioned there was uh, the West Brom game, couple, last game of the season, a couple, couple of seasons ago, I think, but they were relegated. And the uh, Palace fans stayed behind and applauded the West Brom players off the pitch, you know, because we felt that they played very well and, you know, we know what is. We know really too well what it's like to be relegated and feel that pain. So I think it, it, was, it was shown a bit of humility there. I think we did it exactly the same as well, if I'm not mistaken. And you, you'll tell me if I'm wrong. Possibly Peterborough when we sent Peterborough yes. down, yeah. and that was a year with Dow, uh, not with Dowie, forgive me, with Holloway when we got into the playoffs. And then obviously Wilf done his magic, and we beat we beat Brighton, I think, in the semi-final that year. It might have done, mate. And I don't know. I don't, I don't, and then we went on and beat Watford. Yeah, and we've not gone down since. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly what happened, mate. To yeah, yeah. Twenty thirteen, but um, it seems we're harking back to, to old old days. I want you to take, give me a date, mate. If you if you can remember it, the uh, the day that you scored uh, at, at Sellers Park, and so did I, by the way. Although it's per- perfectly good. It was well, it wasn't offside. offside, offside. I've, I've got I've got I've got the replay, mate. It wasn't. It was never offside. You were not offside. Definitely. Date, mate, was the fourth of May, two thousand ten. And the reason I know that is on May the 2nd, Palace drew 2-2 at Sheffield Wednesday with Darren Ambrose scoring up there. And I'm trying to think, and Alan Lee, yeah, we got, we got the 2-2 draw. And if I'm not mistaken, on the way home, uh, I do believe our very own Sean Derry and a few of the boys stopped at the motorway services and were celebrating with the Palace fans. So that was on the Monday. And then me and you, with your brother, Big up the Matt Tyrrell. Played on the Wednesday. We paid £350 each to play football football aid to raise money. Good cause. I've got man in the match. I scored the last guy in the Sainsbury's end, as we thought it might have been if Palace were going at that point before Mr Parrish and his friends came in. Uh, my little boy was a mascot. And the match ball is still in my son's bedroom, which isn't bad, bearing in mind he's a Chelsea fan. Uh, but and, and the number he sees and the signature that's on that ball, which he sees every morning, is number nine, El Tyrrell. <laughs> well, the, the, the man who was robbed of a perfectely good girl at oh, said us, mate. Uh, absolutely gutted, mate. But, you know, but that, that, well. that was a great charity, wasn't it? And, and talk about football a little bit now. I think, I think even then it was for men's prostate cancer, cancer, wasn't it? it? Yeah, I believe so. It was primarily prostate cancer and, and cancers in general. I think from memory, when you forwarded on the link to me and your brother at the time um, it had been done I think it was Sir Bobby Robson the late great Sir Bobby Robson's charity um, and it was it was just a wonderful opportunity for the everyday fan to play the only sadness for us on that day was our palace legend who was meant to turn up wasn't there uh, which was a shame but do you know what we still had a fantastic day and to play at Sellers Park was just well it was a dream mate it was a dream you know if, any, if I could ever have anything for love for Christmas, that would have been it, and, and it was brilliant. And we paid 350 quid each. I think we would have paid. I would have paid a thousand pounds to have done that, as would any other Palace fan. And we had a great day. Yeah, it was a great experience, wasn't it? And I, I, I don't know if the charity's still going, but I think the club still runs schemes like that. I know you can play during the beer festival and things like that, but I thoroughly recommend it to anyone. I mean, especially if you can give it to a good cause at the same time. But do you remember our faces when we were warming up? I was just looking around, thinking, "Oh we my looking God!" Looking around, looking at Sellers Park, as because it was still then the old enclosure side was it was still red and blue, it was still red and blue, and and we were just looking at each other, laughing like giggling idiots in the warm-up, saying, "How on earth is this happening?" But do you know what? They're the things that make 
life great and it, they're things that make Palace great definitely mate no, it was a great experience and, and so something that I'd, I'd highly recommend anyone to do but um, alright mate well that was very good thank you very much for your, your debut in the podcast very much enjoyed Pleasure, that um, thanks for coming on hopefully we'll get you on again soon and you, like you mentioned there you know, we've got a couple of other Palace fans who are probably listening Paul Frost and, and, and JC who, who hopefully will, will, will join us as well soon because um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know those two are like a, an encyclopedia knowledge bank of, 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 uh, of Palace knowledge so, and they're um, a bit older than us as well so they'll they are it's, it's, it's worth how much older are they, are they? Well, Johnny Collison's got to be at least three years older than us and Paul I thought he was at least 70 no he might look 70 <laughs> but he's not 70 I, I think he's about 56 bless him and uh, and the boss as we call him uh, Mr Frost is uh, not Frosty the Snowman that is just for your record yeah. late 30s uh, late, late 30s yeah yeah definitely no, he's never going to be your boss again mate you don't have to be nice right? you're okay he's retired now, <laughs> he's retired well no 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 he's, he's in hiding Merry Christmas to you and your listeners mate and thank you for giving me the chance to uh, have a chat with you much appreciated pleasure mate enjoyed that thanks very much cheers the six pointer podcast 